Thanks for tuning in to the Sandals Church podcast. Our vision as a church is to be real with ourselves, God, and others. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy this message. Hi, guys. Welcome to Sandals Church. This is our last week in the She, Her series. Have you guys enjoyed it? Yes. Man. I just, I just want to thank you for being a church that really, really cares about God's word and is willing to wrestle through controversial issues where churches disagree. And uh, I think that's what we've done as a church, but we've honored God. And we're going to just close this out today, I believe, with a word for you. So this is Chanel, my friend. Would you please stand as she reads God's word and prays over this message? All right. Today we're reading from John 4, 1 through 10. It says, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John, though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. Thank you for your word and how you use it to reveal yourself to us. May we open our eyes to see who you truly are and the living water that you freely give to us. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Bless you. Grab a seat. <clears throat> so I want to talk today about how Jesus can heal your deepest wounds. There are some of you today that are carrying wounds uh, that you've carried since childhood. You have carried uh, since some point in your adulthood wounds from friends, wounds from family, and I want to apologize, wounds from the church. And I want to talk today about how Jesus wants to heal those wounds. These, this could be a wound that you've never even shared. You've never shared with your spouse. You've never shared with your friends. You've never shared with your family. But I want you to know that Jesus sees that wound. No matter how hard you try to hide it, no matter how much you try to pretend it isn't real, he sees that. And we worship a savior who doesn't just save our souls, but he heals our wounds. And if you're going to change today, he's going to invite you to be real. So number one in your outlines, I want you to remember this. Jesus heals me with his words. This entire scene with the Samaritan woman begins with an awkward conversation. If you're joining us in church for the first time, there's going to be some things that are awkward. There's going to be some things that you understand. There's going to be some things you don't understand. There's going to be some things that are clear, and there's going to be some things that are confusing. I want you to know that Jesus speaks in all of that. In all of that. In John 4, 7 through 9, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, right? She's going to get coffee. This is coffee with Jesus. And Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. And I want to stop there. Many of us miss this. The number one reason people don't want Jesus is they're afraid of what he'll ask for. 
You see, as Christians, we think people come to the church to get. People don't come to the church because they're afraid to give. And I want you to know today that if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, he's ready to heal you. But you have to give something. Please give me a drink, Jesus says. He was alone at the time because his disciples, they'd gone into the village to buy some food. And the woman was surprised. And let me tell you, you will be surprised the first time you hear Jesus speak. I was talking with a, a woman in our church who's gay and she's given her life to Christ. And I remember when she first started coming to Sandals Church, she came with her wife. They were married and she would mad dog me every single week at church. And she didn't think that I saw it, but I saw it. I saw I felt it. And I asked her, I said, when did you begin to consider Christianity? And she said something changed. She said, when I first came, I just came for my kids. I was just here to be with them. And then all of a sudden, as you were talking, I started, listen to this, hearing. And then she said, one day I was in a friend's home and I heard this voice. You need to leave this house. I have not called you to this. I'm calling you to something else. She didn't know what it was. I said, was it a real voice? She said, it was a real voice. It was a real voice. It was the voice of God. I want you to hear me today. I don't know what you're living. I don't know what you're in, but God has not called you to this. He's calling you to something else. He's not called you to live a life of trash. He is calling you to be his treasure. And so I don't know when it will happen. I don't know how it happens. Sometimes I'm speaking and I hear God's word and it's hard for me not just to freak out in the middle of it. But Jesus has this conversation with her. She doesn't think they should have it. Listen to me, she doesn't think Jesus is for her. That's what I hear all the time. Oh, no, 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 church isn't for me. I'm not religious. Listen to what she says. She says, I don't know why you're talking to me for Jews refuse to have anything to do with Samaritans. You see, we all have reasons why we can't hear from God. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. Think about all our racial tension. It's everywhere for all of humanity's history. People hate each other for all kinds of reasons. I'm Irish. I didn't know Irish people hate each other. If you're Catholic or Protestant, they hate each other. And I go, I go, how do you know? You know what they said? Your last name and your accent. I was like, well, you all have an accent to me. <laughs> they hate each other in Ireland. You can go to bars where they have bullets for the numbers of lives that a Catholic has killed for a Protestant. You go to a Protestant bar, they have bullets on the outside of it for the number of Catholics that they've killed. You see, hatred is real because sin is real. But listen to what she says. She says, why are you asking me for a drink? I want you to ask God today, why, why do you keep asking me? Why do you ask me to go to church? Why do I have to tithe? Why do I have to serve again? God is not asking for things to enslave you. He's asking for things to set you free. I prayed with a woman in the lobby last week of Hunter Park and I said, are you okay? And she just, just right started to cry. She said, you know, you, you always ask me that. And by always, we've had two conversations in 10 years. 
But she said, you know, the first time I came to this church 10 years ago, you asked me if I was okay and I found out I had cancer. She said, I've been healed for 10 years. She said, but you asked me again and they said it's come back, it's stage four. She said, my daughter's not okay. And I said, do you know that we worship a God who heals? You know what she told me? She said, I know. I said, how do you know? She said, well, he healed me the first time, but he did something else in my life. She said, my sister, whom I love with my whole heart, has been an addict for longer than I can remember. Won't go to rehab, won't admit that she has a problem. She said, do you remember that series called Healer? I was like, oh yeah, I'm writing a book about it. I hope you buy it. (laughs) That's like, not a joke. I hope you buy it. She said, I I got my sister to come to church. She said, we were all the way up in the back. And if you've ever been to Hunter Park, you know, it's like stadium seating. It goes all the way in the back. I mean, if you're up there, I can't even see you. Uh, I'm not sure God can see you when you're all the way up there. It's so dark. But she said, she said, you were speaking and you called people forward to healing. She said, I didn't think anything of it. And then I couldn't see my sister. She just left. And what she had done is she had heard God speak. She got up, she walked down and she asked for prayer for her addiction. And you guys prayed. And that weekend we drove her to a rehab facility She's been clean ever since, and she's now a counselor for young women trying to change their lives. I said, what happened? She said she heard God. Man, if you're an addict today, I want you to hear God. He's not called you to be enslaved to a chemical. He's called you to serve him, and when you serve him, you will be set free. You'll be set free. Man, but some of you are like, oh, you don't know, I'm divorced. I've been to rehab so many times. I have so many struggles, Pastor. Every time I get on my computer, all I do is I look at filth. Listen, I understand that you're aware of of how big of a sinner you are. I, I don't think you're aware of how great a healer Jesus is. One of the most unusual verses in the Bible is found in John 15, 3. And Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Do you know that the words of Jesus are a bath? Just, they're just cleansing. They're just healing. I, I get it. Some of you as marriage couples, you've been to counseling. You're, you're, on your, you're on your last thread of hope. The words of counselors are helpful. They're wise. The words of Jesus Heal and cleanse. You are already clean because of the words I've spoken to you. Do you understand that today? That if you respond to Jesus, you are already changed just by responding to his word. That, that's it. It's not the magic of baptism. It's not the magic of my words. It's the healing power of the Messiah. Jesus heals through his words. Can I just say that that's why we come to church every week. We stop our lives. We go to church to hear, to hear God's word. To hear it. And God speaks. 
Think about that, that woman's life who was a drug addict for over 10 years. Think about that if she didn't come to church to that day. Where would she be today? We don't know. But God spoke to her that day. And you're like, well, well, okay, I, I, can, I can just have a relationship with God on my own. But it's when she went forward and she received prayer that she was set free. And I, and I want you to know this. It, it takes courage for you to come forward. It takes courage for our prayer warriors to stand there every week waiting for you to come forward. You see, there's something amazing that happens when your faith meets my faith. That's what God does. Number two, Jesus heals by pushing through my excuses. Anybody professional excuser? <laughs> Man, if you wrote a book, it'd be, it'd be called, I can't, and you can too. Amen, right? <laughs> That'd be your book. Like you'd be on Oprah, you'd be on the Today Show. You got all these reasons why you can't change because you're looking at your life, you're looking at your past, you're looking at your skills. Jesus said, if you just asked me, I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. You can't change me. I hear this all the time. I remember one of the, the most profound salvation experiences I had in our church was this guy named Steve. He had the most awesome last name ever. I don't care what your last name is. It isn't Studley. <laughs> And I met him on Taco Tuesday night at Carlos O'Brien's. He was a devout atheist, told me God was not real. God was not real. And he had all these reasons why he didn't believe in God. He came to church one day when his daughter got baptized. And he wept that day and he gave his heart to Jesus. What's your excuse? I know, I know, the kids are tough. You can't make it. You don't think the Lord Jesus is more powerful than your four-year-old? <laughs> when your toddlers get up on Sunday morning, just, Jesus! Jesus! Slay these devils! <laughs> and then for the love of Jesus, don't feed them a donut and a soda <laughs> before you drop them off with us. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh my gosh, we had Pastor Fredo's kids over and we gave them s'mores. <laughs> they were freaking out. I was just laughing as they left our house. Like, All right, good night. Man, his daughter was tweaking, man. She's on marshmallows. She said, you don't have a rope, you don't have a bucket and this well is very deep. You see, Jesus, you don't know my family history. You don't know my problems. You don't know my spouse. You don't know my kids. You don't know my boss. You don't know my jobs. You don't know my financial situation. You don't know how deep I struggle with anxiety. You don't know, you don't know Jesus, that depression runs in my family tree. You don't know. And besides, Jesus, where would you get this living water? Right? This is what the world says. This is why you don't invite your friends to church. Church is old-fashioned, out of touch, out of date. Okay, then why does the world hate us uniquely so much? 
Why is it us? Because Jesus challenges us and Jesus is real. And she says, do you think you're greater than our ancestor, Jacob, who gave us this wealth? How, she says, can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? That's where some of you are today. God, you can't change me. Who do you think you are? That's your attitude. That's your attitude. That's the attitude of an atheist. Jesus, who do you think you are? You see, today, many of us, we are all great at identifying what we don't have. Amen? I mean, if I could just interview the ladies in here, what's wrong with your body? You could just tell me. Right? I mean, you'd come up with a list. Too old, too young, too tall, too fat, too skinny. I mean, you got, you got all kinds of twos. That's your second book, right? I don't have enough money. I don't have enough energy, right? That's what people say all the time. I don't have enough energy to go to the gym. You do realize <laughs> the gym gives you energy. You know? I don't have enough talent. I hear that all the time. What, what, what could God do with me? You see, you're all focused on the internet of the gifts and talents you don't have and you're failing to listen to God from heaven shouting at you about the talents you do have. How about this one? I don't have time. I don't have time. I hear that all the time. I don't have time. You know how much time Jesus had? The same amount of time you have. Yeah. He didn't get like an extra hour. And he probably could have swung it, amen? He probably could have swung it. Lord, Dad, we got to go a little longer. You know, like in baseball, there's extra innings. He's like, come on, Pops, I need an extra hour. But you know, can, can I just speak to the depressed and anxious? You know what some of you don't have? You don't have a reason. What's it matter? Nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. Nobody notices me. What you're missing is a reason to change. Could you today just let Jesus show you what you can have? Look, I don't, I don't know what you're missing in your life. I, I don't know what, what your financial situation is. I don't know all your problems and issues. Here's what I do know. If you focus on what you can have in Jesus today, your life can change. It can change. John 4, 13 and 14, Jesus replied, She's got all these excuses. You don't have a rope. You don't have a bucket. You think you're better than Jacob. The well's deep. Jesus pushes right on through those excuses. Isn't it good to know that he cares more about you than your excuses? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will become thirsty again. Let me just ask you about the amount of beers you consume. And I know it's not Budweiser anymore. I know you gave that up. You, <laughs> The Lord healed you, the Lord healed you. But Modelo's calling, right? I know, you're so faithful. I'm not drinking Budweiser, just Modelo now. But let me just say, if beer could have solved your problems, don't you think you've drank enough to find out? If cigarettes and vaping could fix your anxiety, wouldn't it have worked by now? 
You see, the reason we're hooked on stuff, if porn could satisfy the cry for intimacy in your heart, how many, how many images before you give up? How many? Man, if, if, you're, if you're like me, if, if, you just, if you just were as successful as you think you should be, then you'd, be, you'd finally be happy. Man, every time I turn around, the most successful people are the most miserable. You see what Jesus is saying? He's, you can drink whatever you want. You can inject whatever you want. You can achieve whatever you want. You're not going to be happy until you get a sip of what I'm offering. He said, but those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. I want you to listen to a, a debrief episode that's going to drop in uh, July. And I was interviewing um, some of my gay friends in our church, and I asked them, what brought you to church? And here's what they both said. There was something missing. We thought love could satisfy us. We thought sex could satisfy us. We thought a family could satisfy us. But something was missing. You see, before Jesus fills your heart, he has to show you the whole. And so here's how you ignore the whole. You just busy yourself. Like we all like to say, we're more busy. We're more busy than we've ever been. Really, did you get up at 3.30 this, this morning and, and go get the eggs? <laughs> were you out there with the cow? <laughs> was, that, was that you this morning? Was that you? Were you fixing fence with wire? Was that you? <laughs> we're so busy. Do you know why church traditionally was at 11? Because that's how long it took people to get there. <laughs> Seriously, you had to get up and do all your chores in the morning and they moved church to 11 so you could make it. And some of you are like, that's why I go to 1145, Pastor. <laughs> I'm working in the morning. But isn't it amazing? We just, we go, oh, I'm, so, I'm so tired. I slept on a mattress more comfortable than any human being has ever slept on. Until the last, you know, 30 years. I mean, think about it. You, you sleep on mattresses that, that the, the most wealthy kings would dream about. Most of you have warm water. When you take a shower, oh, I can't get in until it's just right. <laughs> you get up in the morning and you have your coffee that's freshly delivered from some country you can't pronounce. <laughs> it's less acidic. And then you tell the Lord, I can't make it to church because my ankle, I can't, I can't press, I can't press on the gas. I got, you see, right? We use all kinds of excuses. Jesus says, if you drink the water that he offers, it will become a fresh bubbling spring within them, within them. I mean, we're all so tired. Sometimes I, I, you know, I sit down with our staff, especially the younger ones. They're, they're drinking these drinks. And, and I mean, the, the, the label is accurate. It says monster on it. It's just what it says. 
You're swallowing a monster or a red bull. That's what's going inside of you. Maybe just give Jesus a try. (laughs) He says it becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Do you know why you don't feel like you have time? Because you're running out of time. You're running out of time. A couple of weeks ago, one of my one of my good friends is a pastor, 40 years old, dropped dead. Bam. Drop dead. And I was talking with my my friends. We love this guy. Pastor Jay is just a great pastor. I tried to hire him many times. He told me no every time. He was too good for us. I love Jay. But he went home to be with the Lord. But here's the thing is, Jay was ready. Jay was ready. He was ready. Are you ready? Number three, Jesus heals by revealing my greatest failures. And, and I want to I really hone in on this because there's a difference between Jesus and the devil. Do you know what the devil does? The devil reminds you of your greatest failures. Right? The devil's got your top 10 list. And he just keeps playing them over and over and over again. Jesus only has to reveal you your sin once if you confess it. Do you know that if you confess a sin twice to Jesus, do you know what he's going to say to you? What sin? Because when you confess it, it's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. You see, God has an ability we don't have. He can forget. Wouldn't that be amazing in marriage? <laughs> What fight? I don't, I don't remember. You know, we, we forgave each other and it, it's just gone. It's just gone. And some of you are like, well, pastor, I'm a professional rememberer. So let me say this. Jesus doesn't want to remind you of the stuff you've already confessed, but he does want to reveal the stuff you're burying. Man, um, the night before I wrote this sermon, I had a terrible nightmare. Have any of you guys ever had a nightmare like you totally messed up your whole life? Like I had, I had, man, I had a nightmare. And I think it's because the, the Hillsong documentaries come out and it's all about megachurch pastors and, um, you know, about how like we're all like super rich, which I wish was true because then I would be rich. Um, but, it, you know, it, I, I, it really bothered me. And, you know, you know, some of the pastors blew up their lives having multiple affairs. And, and I had a dream. That's what I did. So, and it was none of the fun part. It was all the aftermath. The dream was like, we just fast forwarded to, you're terrible, right? That was my dream. And um, I remember sitting on the beach in my dream. And, and Tammy's sitting next to me. And we're divorced now. You guys fired me. Um, and my kids won't talk to me. And my wife says, right before I wake up, she goes, you're just so dumb. Now, she didn't really say that. It was a dream. And I remember I woke up. And have you ever had this? Oh, thank God, that was a dream. Oh, thank God. And then I just thought, well, why am I dreaming about that? And I wasn't right. It was so bad, I had to call some of our pastors 
to pray over me. I was like, man, this is this has really messed me up. Um, and I truly believe this. That was the devil trying to scare me. Because Jesus heals us by by revealing, and that's not my failure. And some of you, the devil, he's trying to keep you from the Lord. He's trying to scare you. He's trying to, he's trying to mess with you. And he messed with me. I was messed up and I didn't even do it. Say that again. My wife's listening. I didn't even do it. <laughs> right? It wasn't real. But if you, if you want to get healed today, you got to let Jesus reveal. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. And this is the thing. Who, who wants to go to hell, right? They always got those signs. You're going to hell. That, that's, that's, not, that's not the issue. The issue is, do you want to be in God's house for the rest of your life? Can you imagine if you got married to somebody and their reason was, I don't want to be homeless? I mean, that's love, right? That's like commitment. Yeah, I couldn't do the street anymore, so I married you. <laughs> and we got all these people today that are like, yeah, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven, so I'm going to say these words. So I get my get out of hell free card. Let me tell you what hell is. It's exile. It's exile. You are out of the garden. You are not in my house, God says. You're not in my house. And people always get upset with that. Well, why won't God let me? Would you just let somebody live with you forever? <laughs> because they thought you should let them. So why would God allow? You know who God allows in his home forever? His family. That, that's who gets in. His family. She says, she says, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again. And I would have to come here to get this stupid water. And Jesus says, well, go and get your husband. Oh, this is about, about ready to get real. <laughs> she says, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. And Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. He said, you certainly spoke the truth. Some of you are so afraid to confess to God what he already knows you've done. <laughs> like, I don't know if you know this, but camouflage does not work. <laughs> Adam and Eve, man, they, they invented camouflage. They had fig leaves, you know? They were hiding from the Lord. He found them. <laughs> he found them. And some of you are so convinced. Listen, you, you can hide your sin from me. You can fake me out, man. I have been faked out by the best hypocritical Christians, amen? You can't fake God out. You can't fake God out. Listen, if you want to get real, excuse me, if you want to heal, you got to get real. That, that, that's the truth. Next, Jesus heals me by saving me from religious nonsense. Man, some of you, I love you, but you bring your religious nonsense when you come to Sandals. You bring it. How come we don't have crosses in all our buildings? I mean, 150 years ago, you wouldn't have seen crosses on any 
American buildings. Seriously, go, go, to, go to graveyards in Boston. You know what's on top of the graveyards? It's not crosses. It's little heads with hands. It's really creepy. <laughs> Do you know what that symbolizes? The resurrection. They're like, almost? No. Almost? No. Almost? <laughs> it's so creepy. <laughs> but some of you guys, you know, like, look. Man, I... I praise God for whatever your last church did right. But are you in your last church? Oh, you're, oh, you're here. Okay. Well, let us try to figure this out. Because one of the things we're trying to get rid of here at Sandals Church is the religious nonsense. It's not all nonsense, but a lot of it is. A lot of it is. So Jesus goes right at it, right? Right at it. Man, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five and you're living with a dude right now. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. <laughs> so tell me, why is it that Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? Here's what happens. God gets real. She wants to get in a theological argument. She's on Twitter. Ba -da -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da. She's on Facebook. Ba -ba -ba -ba. Women can't preach and here's why. Ba -da -ba -da -da. Matt Brown's gone woke. <laughs> I mean, what's wrong with us as Christians? You know what someone posted on my Instagram this week? You misspelled God. And I looked at it and I put a lowercase g. Okay, we'll change it. Are we all good now? God in heaven's like, oh, thank God, Pastor Matt. He, <laughs> he got my g right. He got my g. Man, what is wrong with you guys? Not you, other people. <laughs> she said, where does we? She wants to get into a theological argument. That's what we do to avoid the conviction of Jesus. We're all fighting against each other as Christians. No one cares. Your neighbor doesn't care whether a man preaches or a woman preaches. You know what? They need to hear the gospel. That's what they need to hear. Well, I just think Sandals Church has lost it. We lost it a long time ago. <laughs> right? She says, we Samaritans, we claim here it's at Mount Gerizim. Well, I'm Reformed. Well, I'm Catholic. Well, I'm Lutheran. Well, I don't care. Have you met Jesus? Have you met Jesus? Man. Oh, my gosh. My own denomination, my Southern Baptist denomination. We had 5,000 people, 5,000 people stand and give their lives to Christ last Easter. You want to know what I heard? Crickets. We had a woman preach. We got all kinds of people concerned. Well, what is God concerned about? God says that there's a party in heaven every time one person gives their life to Christ. We had 5,000, nothing. We had one woman preach. Oh, I got to write an article. Hmm. Well, what about the 5,000? They don't matter to you, but they matter to God. Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Man. Look, theology matters, but it's not the only thing that matters. 
we got all these super smart Christian students with their Bible. It's not even, a, it's a suitcase and they're just carrying it around. Listen to me, you can know Hebrew and not know him. You can know Greek and not know God. See, those were G's. Man, he says, you Samaritans know very little about the one that you worship while we Jews know all about him. He says, for salvation comes through the Jews. He says, but the time is coming and indeed it's here now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Listen to me, my little truth tellers. I love you. Where's the spirit in your life? And my spiritual people. I'm just spiritual. Where's the truth? Listen to me. If you're a truth teller, you got too many points. If you're just a spiritual person, you may not have a point. Do you have Jesus? The Father's looking for those who will worship him in that way. What way? In spirit and in truth. Look, I'm doing the best I can as your pastor to honor the truth of the word of God, but to also understand his spirit has moved in the word of God through women, and that is not negotiable. It's not negotiable. And you have to close one eye to read God's word to ignore that. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You need doctrine and Jesus. Do you have both? Do you have both? And some of you guys are nitpicking and I don't know about this. Do you have Jesus? Do you have a heart for Jesus? Because if you have a heart for Jesus, you have a heart for the lost. And all these, all these churches with all this education and all these seminars, you know who they're reaching? Nobody. Nobody. And nobody cares. Nobody cares. Jesus cares. Now, let me say this. Jesus heals in spite of his foolish followers. Amen. Oh, thank God. Can you imagine if it was actually up to us? I just would go around, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. <laughs> Do you know why? Because I stink at this. Jesus heals us even from his foolish followers. Just then his disciples come back. Remember those guys? <laughs> <laughs> they were shocked to find him talking to a woman. Has Jesus forgotten the doctrine of spiritual headship? Has Jesus forgotten that Eve ate the apple? <laughs> Jesus, do I need to remind you of the words you wrote? <laughs> but none of them had the nerve to ask. But boy, they tweet about it later, amen? <laughs> oh yeah, I'll put that on Facebook. None of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Because she and her matters. Why are, you, why are you talking to her? Why are you talking to her? The woman left the jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Do you want to know who started the first church in her town? She did. She, not he, she. Ladies, I don't know what's happened in your life. 
I don't know about your failures. I don't know about your brokenness, but I want you to hear this. A woman with a disastrous personal life led almost her entire village to eternal life. Man, God can make your brokenness beautiful if you just give it to him. But here's the thing. Here's the most pregnant verse in this entire story that's missed by so many people. John 4, 12. Do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this wealth? Who's Jacob? He's a womanizer. She had five husbands. Jacob had four wives. Four wives. His first wife, Leah, he didn't even love her. He'd have sex with her, but he didn't love her. And Leah knew her entire life. Jacob didn't love her. No matter how many sons she gave him, Jacob always had an eye for Rachel. Are you greater than Jacob? Are you greater than Jacob? Yes. Because Jacob did not love a broken woman, but Jesus does. Jesus does. Some of you missed this. Are you greater than our father Jacob? Because if there's one thing wrong, Leah was cross-eyed or whatever. We don't know. Because her name means something with the eyes. Sorry, the word of God is rough and real. Who is Jacob? Not Jesus. Some of you read your Bibles like, oh my gosh, what's this guy's problem? Who is Abraham? Not Jesus. He pimped his wife out twice. Twice. I've never even done that once to Tammy. <laughs> Who is Isaac? Not Jesus. You read these characters in the Bible. Who is David? Oh my God, he killed somebody. Oh my God, he slept with Bathsheba. Oh my God, who is David? Not Jesus. Who is Solomon? That guy had a porn addiction. He was a sex addict. Who is Solomon? Not Jesus. Who was the Christian who hurt you? Not Jesus. Not Jesus. Stop with your excuses. Oh, the church sucks. Yeah, it's not Jesus. It's not Jesus. Who am I? Not Jesus. Not Jesus. So who is Jesus? He's the only one who's always loved you. He's the only one who died for you. Do you know how many Americans today, how many people in the world today don't know they're loved and don't know that Jesus died for them? And do you know why they don't know? You never told them. I'm just going to church again. Why? I don't know. I just kind of like it. No, you're going to honor the one who died for you. Jesus is the only one who can save you. He's the only one. He's the only one who can heal you. And listen to me, he's the only one who can unleash you. You see, when we read this story and we look at this woman, all we see is failure. You ever wonder why Jesus talked with her? Do you think it was just a random accident? Do you think he just sent the disciples away for no reason whatsoever? Or do you think he's the son of God and he has a plan? 
Listen to me, ladies. He picked her. He identified her because he knew she was not her failures. He could see her future. That's why he met her. That's why he spoke to her. And that's why he sent her into a village where she changed the life of thousands. That's why he used a woman to spread the gospel and share the good news. Because to Jesus, that is the most important thing. Let me ask you today, what's keeping you from being unleashed? I got a feeling it's unforgiveness. For some of you, it's pride. For some of you, it's pain. Look, you, you can watch this message and you can be inspired, but you will not be changed until you pray about this and you say, God, take this from me. Even if you're watching online, type in right now, man, I need, I need prayer. And if you're at a campus, you need to come forward. You need to come forward. Some of you are married. Let me just say this. If you could have fixed it, it would be fixed. If you're an addict, if you could have solved this, it'd be solved. Let me tell you something, if you're battling anxiety, if the hospital could have just given you a pill to make, it would have gone away. Why not try Jesus? He has bubbling water that springs from within. Let's give him a shot. Let's give him a chance. And let's pray today and say, God, you've revealed something in me. Yeah, I'm at the well. I'm acting like nothing bothers me. I'm just out here in the sun by myself. But what I'm doing is I'm trying to run away from my pain. And isn't it amazing when she came to Jesus, the very people who had rejected her, when she gave the message of Jesus are the very people that received her. That's the power of Jesus. He can take those who have hurt us and he can use them to help heal us. That's the power of Jesus. I want to challenge you today. Is there something that you need to pray about? We're going to have our, our ministers forward at our campuses, our prayer warriors, and they're ready to pray for you. I'm going to pray right now that if there's something that God needs to reveal, some sin, some darkness, something that's wrong, that he would reveal that to you and you would run forward for prayer. And you would say, take this away in Jesus' name. Whether it's a miracle, whether it's a confession, for some of you, the Lord has spoken today, and today is the day of salvation. Jesus has called you. And you need to come forward and say, I, I need to be saved. I need to be a Christian. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus that you would send your Holy Spirit upon us, that it would convict us. Lord, so many of us in here are carrying such heavy weights and such heavy sin. Lord, we are drowning trying to carry this. Lord, I just pray that you reveal to us what it is and that we would release it to you in Jesus' name. We would confess it to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that you would heal us. And for those of us who need to come forward for prayer, I pray that we would do that in Jesus' name. Lord, we invite you to heal our deepest wounds. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.